As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standing, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which of course means on Thursday... I was out in Ashburn because it was Eric Bieniemy Day. The Washington Commanders' new offensive coordinator held an introductory press conference. Uh, Ron Rivera was there. He spoke as well. Tons of the players were there, coaches, staff, lots of folks. Not the ownership, of course. Well, not of course, but they were not there. We'll talk about them in a moment. Um, but I'm going to give you what we learned today. From that press conference, so we'll try to set the scene a little bit for you. And then at the end of this uh, episode, I'm going to play you some audio from various participants in today's uh, proceedings, including Eric Bieniemy, uh, Terry McLaurin, Sam Howell, well, actually Sam Howell and Jason Wright. So we'll get to all that in a minute here on the Standard Room Only podcast, which, of course, you can find on iTunes, Spotify or anywhere you do your podcasting. Always appreciate when you guys subscribe. Uh, I did want to say the... Uh, Eric Bieniemy, hey, this is happening. It's officially going to happen. Podcast, uh, it's tracking to be the uh, highest, uh, the most downloaded podcast episode we've ever had here on the podcast. So I appreciate everybody checking that out. Uh, and of course, make sure you check out my work on the Athletic. I wrote about uh, Bieniemy today, and my colleague David Aldridge will have a column up in the morning, so make sure to check that out. There's also a new mock draft. All the staff on The Athletic did a first-round mock draft, so you can check that out. Before we get to the enemy part of, of today, we had some news on the Dan Snyder sale front. The Washington Post reported that Jeff Bezos is meeting with investment bankers to discuss whether he is going to be bidding on the commanders. This is according to what the Post had out there. The investment bank is the same bank that worked with uh, teams that, made, that had the last two ownership sales or franchise sales, the Broncos and Panthers. Uh, none of this means that Jeff Bezos is definitely getting in, but it indicates he's thinking about it, which is, I, I know his name has been discussed over and over and over again, but there wasn't really anything based on other than rumor and, you know, uh, putting somewhat, you know, taking the fact that he's, uh, he owns the Washington Post 
Amazon's building a headquarters here. Not to mention he has more money than anybody, basically, and that that would mean he would want to buy the team. And he has said that he is a you know a, a fan of football, etc. Well, this is the first sign that suggests he's at least strongly thinking about it, and that is notable for sure. But beyond that, we will wait and see what what goes on from here. Now, let's get to the football part of today. Eric Bieniemy, uh, as you know, officially the new commanders. Offensive coordinator as of a couple of days ago. Uh, let, let me just try to lay out the scene here. So uh, whenever they have these types of announcements, uh, like when Ron Rivera was hired, when they traded for Carson Wentz or, or Carson Wentz's introductory press conference, they held it inside an auditorium uh, just off the lobby at uh, team headquarters in Ashburn. And usually these things are... Uh, the media is there. We're sort of in the, the second and third row. The first row, they typically rope off or, you know, have signs up, say, reserved. And often that's going to be for the family members of the the principal, whoever it is that's sort of the, the main attraction, you, you could say. And then, and then the, the rows behind us, there's, I don't know, 20 rows, 20 seats in each row, something like that. Um, you know, they'll, they'll bring in you know, some members of the team, often people who work behind the scenes to help fill in and, and you know, for them to give applause when, 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 when that those moments occurred, things like that. What was interesting this time is that that front row wasn't for Biennemi's family. Uh, it was for the players. First, we saw Terry McLaurin come in. Sam Howe was there. And then all of a sudden, there's Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, Jahan Dotson, uh, Cam Curl was there, Shaka Tony, Logan Thomas. I heard Sam Cosme uh, came in. I saw Sadiq Charles. There may have been a one or two others or so, but that those are the ones that stand out to me. And they sat there paying attention to what Eric Bieniemy had to say, because obviously this is a huge deal for all these players, you know, both from the offensive players for the obvious reason. New guy in charge. What does this mean for them? They're excited, intrigued, because Eric Bieniemy is coming from the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion offensive coordinator, including this most recent Super Bowl. And obviously, there's the constant conversation about why he wasn't given, hasn't been named a head coach anywhere. But that doesn't matter for these players. He's here with them now, and they're interested to see it. I can, I think you could tell he was resonating with them. Why was he resonating with them? Well, first of all, this was not a very football-specific uh, press conference. There weren't a lot of specifics on a lot of topics. If you're waiting for me to tell you that Eric Bieniemy said, "Here's how, here's the run-pass ratio I'm looking for, and here's exactly how I want to use Terry McLaurin and and what I want out of the offensive line," and we didn't get any of that. It was very light on details. It was it was heavy though on confidence and energy. And I think that's something that, you know, I think that's something that was lacking when it comes to, uh, I mean, to some of the, 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 to the offense, perhaps. I mean, look, Scott Turner, this is not a knock on Scott Turner, but he's much more of a low-key guy than the way Biennemi seems to be. Um, you know, I, I mentioned just a second ago the, the constant conversation around Biennemi with regards to the coaching uh, the head coaching situation that he's become sort of the face of the of the ongoing uh, conversation in the league about lack of minority hires. 
and there's still that debate is going on. And this is sort of the part of the gist of what I wrote today for the Athletic. But Eric Bieniemy seemed to be having none of it. He was not interested in discussing the past. He appreciated. He said he. I asked him at one point about this. Um, you know, what would he say to the people out there who are still, you know, loudly defending him and feel frustrated that he hasn't been given that opportunity? And he said, "Hey, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said essentially, hey, I um, appreciate you, but this is life, and this is where I'm at, and I'm excited to be here. And for the people who are asking why the Washington Commanders." He said flat out, why not? Because he looked at the talent on offense with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel at receiver, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson at running back, and and, and so on, and sees potential. And he, he wouldn't be wrong to think that, obviously. They need help. The offensive line's got to be fixed. And then, of course, there is Sam Howell, um, who, you know, this was another opportunity for a new voice to say that, hey, we want to go in a different direction, <laughs> right? I mean, obviously Rivera spoke with, with Biennemi and all the candidates about what he's looking for, and he seems to be emphasizing Sam Howe as a potential, if not likely, um, starter going into the offseason program, and they'll see what about week one. Uh, Biennemi had a lot of nice things to say about Howe. He called him, quote, dynamic, end quote. He said he was he, he was aware of how coming into the draft, and he watched the Cowboys game, the, the final game of the regular season. He said he really liked what he saw. When it was uh, the press conference was over, Bienemy was catch, was catching up with some of these players. It seems like he had not met any of them. Uh, Sam Howell, for one, said he was down in North Carolina, where he's from, training or just hanging out at a minimum, and came up for this. Um, they spoke for a moment. Uh, Bienemy told him it felt like he's known him all along because of how much homework I guess he's had to, he's done on him, especially recently. Uh, Bienemy said he spoke with people from the University of North Carolina, Howe's alma mater, about uh, about who he is, and um, he mentioned specifically Natron Means, the former running back uh, for uh, North Carolina who played in the NFL with the Chargers, where Bienemy spent some time as well. So he's catching up with these players. And what they what they can do. He obviously had to speak about um, he had to speak to Rivera and others about how he would use them. But you know, he admitted that's more of a you know cursory conversation. Now they'll get into more details and more specifics uh, along the way. The as far as far as easy for me to speak as far as the hiring process goes. Rivera began, this is what was said and what I've heard as well. Uh, you know, once they fired Scott Turner in January, Rivera and his staff began, began putting together a list of candidates. Bienemy, despite the fact that Rivera knew he would have to wait if he wanted to interview him, unless Kansas City got knocked out you know, earlier than expected in the playoffs, that he was somebody they would want to wait on. Pat Shermer was the first interview. My sense is Pat Shermer would have been the call if Biennemi somehow did not work out. Uh, Rivera liked what he brought uh, to the table, and, and he thought their personnel would work well in a Shermer system. But regardless, uh, Rivera, you know, as they continue to look at the playoffs and see the, what the teams are doing, he just you know couldn't kind of get the idea of Biennemi out of his head, apparently. 
Uh, Biennium and Rivera know each other. They were both on Andy Reid's. They were on the Eagles in 1999. Biennium's last year as a player. Rivera was there on Reid's staff, and they. Biennium said they have you know stayed in touch to some degree throughout the years. He said that more recently, while he was obviously preparing the Chiefs for the playoffs, that you know he's aware of what was happening here, and that because Rivera is somebody he knows, he was keeping the situation on his radar. Biennemi did meet with the Indianapolis Colts for their head coaching position this cycle, but that didn't work out. They, they uh, went in a different direction, hiring the other offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl, Eagles OC Shane Steichen. So the Chiefs play the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, fly home, and Biennemi basically said as he was flying home is when he knew he would not be staying in Kansas City. Uh, if you go back and look at the story I wrote on the Biennemi hire initially, there was a part in there about how in the locker room he was seen talking to the players as if saying goodbye, that everybody seemed to recognize this. And even though it wasn't until a few days later that I guess officially he and Washington worked out terms of a deal, Biennemi's agent, I guess, he effectively sensed he was going to Washington. And Rivera, to a degree, said as much as well. This is where it does get a little bit tricky. My sense, as I've told you guys all along, is they're not going to get somebody for this position who has options. Now, while technically, I think if Eric Bieniemy had decided, hey, I don't want to go to Washington, he wasn't being interviewed for any other OC positions, that he could have gone back to the Chiefs in some way, maybe in the same role, it seems like they want to promote Matt Nagy, who was the OC before Biennemi. He came back after being uh, after being head coach for the Bears for a little bit. So I don't think Eric Biennemi would have been out of a job in that regard, but it would have been sort of staying put there. And I don't really, to that end, I don't really think he had another option, which is not to say he's not worthy. It's just to say, based on where things were, there was nowhere else for him to go regardless it's what washington wanted and it's impossible to argue from a pr perspective at a minimum that this isn't a really huge signing i mean i i hear you all excited about this or many of you are excited about this and you know you should be from the perspective of this is the offensive coordinator that just won the super bowl for the and for the second time in four years with three appearances in 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 that stretch so you know, this will be really interesting. Will it work? Who knows? I have no idea. And that's sort of the whole intrigue with the Eric Bieniemy situation. This is the first time he will be calling the plays. How will it go? I don't know. Uh, speaking of calling the plays, I can tell you that my understanding is this is how things will go. Rivera is giving Bieniemy autonomy to run the offense. Rivera's role, at least on game day, will come into situations like, for example, it's third and, say, five or six at a par place on the field where it's the punt if you don't make it on third down. You know, what do you do? Rivera will say, hey, you got two downs here potentially to work with and give those types of clues. In other words, hey, we'll, we'll go for it on fourth down based on where you're on the field, depending, you know, but especially depending on what happens here. On third, so you can plan as you're, as you're thinking about your third down play, you can consider – a fourth down a fourth down option in your pocket as well that's the way this seems like it is going to work 
Um, you know, again, I know there's some people who worry about Rivera being meddling. That's not really his nature, I, I would say. He's, you know, we talked about him being more of a CEO coach. He gave Scott Turner and also Jack Del Rio a lot of autonomy out there. I just think that, and he said this, that they had basically been running the same offense since the time he got to Carolina. And, uh, you know, things were perhaps getting stale and he wanted to do something different. The uh, enemy, as I said, didn't give much in the way of specifics, but he's going to run a West Coast offense, which is, of course, known for timing passes, uh, short passes, things along those lines. Um, yes, there'll be explosive plays. Yes, guys will get open. But, you know, that, that, that aside. So those were, I, I would say, some of the highlights of the day. Um, you know, the enemy did speak about the idea of bringing in competition for Sam Howell didn't specify veteran or rookie feels like it's a veteran based on what Rivera has been saying, what level of veteran that is. It's not going to be the Aaron Rodgers, the Derek Carr level, not the Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know anymore about the Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett level. So where does that leave us? Hard to say. And that's, what's going to be going to be interesting. Um, you know, does, 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 if Rivera wants to give Sam Howell a real shot, he's saying he can't bring in somebody who will, by, by their status, supplant him. So we'll see who that could be. Um, but Biennemi says competition. That's what he wants to see out there. And he is hopeful uh, that they'll be able to, to do that. So those are some of the headlines. Am I forgetting something from the day? Probably. But like I said, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't a, a, a day in which either Rivera or Mayhew gave a lot of specific comments about anything other than be enemy they like each other they're confident with the situation things along the, all those lines Rivera was not asked about uh Duran Payne or anything along those lines either um as a reminder I should have said this at the top if I didn't next week is the NFL combine so Rivera and Martin Mayhew will speak there both at podiums but also with the local media so we'll get more about the non be enemy topics there uh in Indianapolis Beyond that, look, this was a good day for Eric Bieniemy. I think he, it's it, winning the press conference is so silly, but he did a good job. If you were if you were on the fence, I would about the hire. I would imagine you're a bit fire, more fired up today if you watched the press conference. Uh, he, I thought, did a really good job. Uh, you know, it's not the same thing as an interview, and we have heard some whispers that maybe part of the reason why he has not gotten a head coaching job is poor interviews. I don't know, but he did well today. He was he really held command of the room, no pun intended. And you know, as I said, I think you could see the, the players buying into what he was selling on day one. Clearly, Rivera has as, as well. So, you know, congrats to everybody involved for this uh, decision, this call, and uh, we'll see what happens here going forward. Uh, but what I want to do right now, as I said at the top, let's. Let me have you hear some of the audio since I, I don't have a, a, another guest today and uh, I don't have uh, it's going to be a relatively short podcast. Otherwise, let's get to some of these um, some of the audio. Now, these are not the press conference. These are side scrums that we had with the various indiv individual people. I'll start you off with Eric Bieniemy. We did talk to him for extra time on the side. Then Terry McLaurin for a bit, Sam Howell for a few minutes, and then an extended uh, with Jason Wright on a variety of topics. So let's get to that. 
uh, right now here on the Standard Groom Only Podcast. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What have these last couple weeks been like for you? It's, it's been exhausting. Um, physically exhausting because a lot of flights, uh, not too much sleep. Uh, obviously, we were prepping for a, a Super Bowl, and then right after that, went from uh, exit meeting with the players and then got on, well, went to the parade and then jumped on the plane, came out here, uh, flew back a couple of days later. Then I'm gonna tell you what's hard: packing up an office that you've collected 10 years of, uh, <laughs> of, of of stuff, and that can be good, and it also could be bad. So, <laughs> but it took me about two or three days. I had uh, some help with some guys, but I'm just happy and excited about this opportunity. And if you want something bad enough, you'll do whatever it takes to get it done. Eric, what what about this opportunity specifically? When you looked at it, like what really kind of got you going the most? Well, first of all, it's about the relationship. Coach Rivera since 1999 and just knowing who he was and what impact he had when he played at Cal and obviously playing in the league as well. Um, but knowing him as a man of integrity and a great leader of men, that outweighs a number of things. And then just have an opportunity to know, uh, you know, Martin Mayhew and Stokes, known those guys for a number of years. And then on top of that, you know, uh, Jason Wright, the team president, comes from the same neck of the woods that I grew up in in Southern California. So there's been some relationships that have been bonded throughout the course of this process. But on top of that, when you look at the roster, there is some talent on this team. And so my question, when you guys say why, I say why not? Because there is talent here. Now, we have to put it together and do it the right way. But why not come to the Washington Commanders? What, what kind of latitude did you get on building your staff, and, and what does that process look like right now? Uh, we're still going through that process. I know, uh, unfortunately, we had to let a few guys go, uh, and right now we're still in the process of, you know, making up the staff. So everything just is going to happen. I want to make sure we're doing our due diligence and hiring the right people and making the, mo uh, the right moves. That's why I say when I came in here, uh, that was last week. I was about to say a few weeks ago. Most importantly, I just wanted to sit and have an opportunity to talk with everybody and just listen so I can learn the culture and learn what has taken place and, you know, learn the environment. And I think that's very important when you're coming in in a new position. Hey, Coach, what, what, how, what are the type of people that you're looking for to, to add to the staff? Well, you always want creative coaches. You want creative coaches. You also want people who can relate to the people and adapt to the environment in that room because you got to have that connection and 
Obviously, when I played, it was different because when the coach said something, we said, he said jump, he said how high. This generation, they're different. And, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. These are the same kids that I recruited as when I was a college coach. You had to develop those relationships. And so I've never stopped being a college coach in that, in that uh, way. You have to develop relationships with the people. And I think that is very, very important. And sometimes that kind of gets displaced with coaching. And so you got to have people that can connect with people in the room, but also that can coach them up. If you're developing the right relationship, you're developing the right chemistry, now you can get the best out of the person. It sounds like you and um, other candidates, when talking to Ron, ask questions about stability here, knowing that it's a possible sale of the franchise. Based on what you learned from that conversation, what are you telling the staff that you might be bringing in about that stability? That's out of our control. Coach Rivera, Jason Wright, and Martin, they'll take care of all that. My job is to make sure that I'm getting our guys ready to play. Mm-hmm. Sorry, in uh, in the Super Bowl, uh, Mahomes uh, threw those two touchdown passes, and you guys had a uh, good way to sort of read what Philadelphia was going to do with the coverage and have the guy cut back instead of running across. Can you go through that process of how you guys found that, discovered that, and then implemented that um, in your role with him? Okay, so what we did, obviously, we we basically give each section, and I think that's important, making a collaborative situation where you allow certain coaches to look at certain situations to help us uh, create the best uh, situation. And so we saw some things on tape that actually when the commanders played them, and also too when Jacksonville played them, when you motion that guy across, they were passing things off. So we knew if we can get them to sell that uh, that motion, you know, the way we wanted to, which we call the jet sweep. You sell that jet sweep, now when they started passing, he comes right back out of it and he was gonna be wide up. But they just didn't pass it off. It's just something that we saw. We ex- we actually exploited something that they didn't have an, uh, an answer for. So, what are your thoughts about having the, the offensive coordinator for the Super Bowl, reigning Super Bowl champion, be here? Uh, I think um, it's, it's a really big step for our, our offense, our team, and our organization. Bringing a guy like Coach EV here and uh, his ability to um, just win. You know what I mean? I think. He, that's the biggest thing that we want in this offense is to be able to be explosive, to be uh, aggressive, and to be complimentary, but also have a, an identity. I think he brings that. I think he brings the, the competitiveness. I think he brings the championship caliber. Uh, and um, I'm just excited to get to, to work with him. Hearing about his press conference, just hearing this, his demeanor, I think that's going to work well for a lot of our guys. Do you, I was going to ask you about that because you talked yeah. a lot about energy. How much right. of that is needed and how can that help? Oh, it's extremely important. I think your offensive coordinator really sets the tone for your offense. You know what I mean? Um, hearing some of the things that are his non-negotiables, that's important to know as players. I think Coach Rivera's done a good job of really making everything um, very transparent of his expectation as a head coach, and now we have that as an offensive coordinator. So um, I'm, I'm just really excited to get to um, get to know him first, you know what I mean, before we start t- talking X's and O's. But yeah, it's the first time in my life where I've really had a lot of time off. Uh, so it's been good just kind of focus on myself and my own development um, and just trying to get ready to go so I can come back as best, best as possible. Um, obviously, we want to ask about Eric Denemy, but since we saw you last, uh, Ron's come out and said that you're in position to, to start for this team yeah. next year. When you heard that, what was your thought and what, what, what kind of process uh, for you? Yeah, I mean, I was obviously super excited um, and I'm super grateful for Coach Rivera and giving me that opportunity. Um, but, you know, really the work 
starts now. Um, and you know, with this, I got to take advantage of the opportunity that I do have, and I'm gonna do everything I can to try to give this team a chance to win every single game that we play. Um, and so, really, the process doesn't change. You know, I've always been trying to get better, um, but now, you know, with this opportunity, I got to take advantage of. How can Aaron help you with that? Yeah. Um, Obviously, we haven't had the chance to talk football yet, uh, so I'm super excited to get going. But obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of his, um, and just listening to him talk here, I'm super impressed with you know, just the man he is. Um, and obviously, he comes from a, a team that's had a lot of success, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm just super excited to learn uh, all that stuff and just get started with it. When you watch that offense, we'll see what he brings over. What excites you about being in in that system? Yeah, I mean they're just explosive. Um, you know, as long as he's been there, they've they've been an explosive offense and probably arguably the best offense in the league since he's been there. Um, and you know he does a really good job of you know they they did, they did a really good job in Kansas City of knowing how to use their use their guys. Um, so I'm excited for that because think everyone knows we have weapons here. Um, and so I'm super excited for him to come in here and just try to use the guys the best we can. It's just my job to try to get the ball to him. I, I don't think people are going to compare you to Patrick Mahomes, but in terms of the enemy, it will be he will have gone from Mahomes to you, perhaps. Is that kind of just, I don't know, bonkers on some level that, uh, you know, the guy is the best quarterback in the league? Maybe like you're almost direct comparison on some level? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really think much into that. Um, you know, I just try to go in every single day, and I'm just going to try to be the best player I can be. Um, and, you know, I'm just super excited to have Coach here, and obviously he came from an organization with Patrick Mahomes, who they had a lot of success together. Um, so hopefully we can kind of bring some of that over here. But I don't, I don't get too caught up in comparisons. I just try to do the best I can to be the best player I can be. Hey, Sam, when you uh, heard Coach Vienne talk today, what went through your mind with all the things that he was saying about what he's bringing, what he wants to hope to bring to this organization? Yeah, I was excited. Um, you know, I was just hearing him today. He's exactly the man I thought he would be. Um, and and he, he brings a lot of confidence and a lot of energy. You can just tell from just sitting here and listening to his press conference. Um, so you can just tell he's an awesome leader of men, um, and I'm, I'm super excited to have the opportunity to work with him. Why was it important for you to be here? Oh uh, yeah, just show my support um, and, and be around and try to get to know Coach a little bit. Obviously, it sucks we can't we can't really talk football right now. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I just want to know he he has my full support and you know, I'm just super excited that we have him here. For you personally, what does it mean to kind of be able to help be part of the process of giving Eric that next big step, considering you know all the all the the noise around him, kind of having to be quote unquote just Yeah, it's great as as great as it is to create an opportunity that for him is the right thing. That's the thing. That's a, that's a man with autonomy. You can tell from that press conference. That man doesn't make decisions he doesn't want to make. <laughs> um, so it's great to be uh, great to have created an environment that was oh, oh, thank you. That allows him to have that opportunity. Um, but more so, it's just my job. <laughs> we got a great offensive coordinator. It's my job to help us do that. We are, we are aligned on one goal, and that is winning a, a championship. So, uh, it's part and parcel. As a uh, former player and as yeah. an executive, just like how have you watched the Eric Bieniemy conversation over the last couple of years in terms of his attempting yes, to get a head coaching job, sure. and not how have you kind of observed that? Um, well, I think it's uh, it's something we all have watched closely, especially as a black executive who is um, new to the sports industry. I guess I'm not technically new. I feel like I've had 20 years of experience in the last two and a half, so I don't even want to consider myself Fair. new anymore. Fair enough. Um, uh, but while newer to the sports industry, I've been the lone black executive in many settings where uh, black talent isn't represented in the numbers that you would want it to be, um, especially with someone of his level of accomplishment. Right? I don't think anyone would debate, uh, especially after a press conference like that, that's a man with the gravitas, experience, philosophy, character, and smarts to be a head coach.
point blank period. Um, and so we've all followed that. Um, what I'm happy that we're able to do as an organization is give him an opportunity um, to help us get to a championship, which to his point inevitably leads to an ultimate goal. Um, and uh, the more um, points of proof that any of us can help put a supportive environment around him and any coach of any color, creed, or background to provide so that talent outweighs whatever resistance there is in the infrastructure and the system, um, we're happy to do that. Um, that's who we are as an organization. It's part of our values. Eric talked about Ron kind of being the leader in the hire, but he, he said that you were a key part of this. What was your role, and, and how did you go about finding EB and, and, and yeah. setting forth on that? Well, I think, you know, my job uh, is to be a partner to Ron, right? As we think about investments in the football side, creating the right structure, um, allowing them to be able to have the right compensation plans, all that stuff, like, that's that's my job to work alongside Ron, supporting that. But I think more importantly, um, we have a unique setup here where the head coach, the general manager, myself, both coordinators are all former players now. And there's an implicit level of trust and shared experience uh, that allows us to be able to give each other a second perspective on things. I actually do it with Ron on the business side of things um, because we've lived similar lives, um, but we have different perspectives. And so you bring someone in whose judgment you trust to help you as you're making a big, and in this case, franchise-altering decision. Um, and so I was happy to support. And then it's important for me, there are questions that only I can answer, <laughs> especially about the future of the organization, uh, 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 the way that we're structured, uh, commitments that we can make to EB and how we're going to support him. Those are questions that I could only answer. And so as much as I was interviewing EB and helping Ron and others to get a second perspective, it was allowing him to interview us as an organization and me being transparent um, so that he felt excited about this opportunity as I think you see that he is. What were some of those questions about the future of the organization? Oh, I mean, of course, asking about um, stability of the organization and the transaction process and the sale and all these other things. Um, and for someone who you know is going to be a close colleague and a leader committed to getting us to a championship, you know, it was important to be able to answer those openly. Not with y'all. What were some of the answers? <laughs> Not with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just between us and the millions of people that um, we're here. Case obviously when you have these jobs that you and Ron have, there's always pressure in this industry. Yeah. On the football side, we can kind of easily say, hey, based on what's happened the first three years, there's got to be a little bit more pressure. Sure. Do you feel that on your yeah, side sure. of the building as well, but with all that sort of uncertainty to some degree? Uh, no, I think the pressure was at the beginning when all hell was breaking loose <laughs> around us. Um, I think at this point, you know, for me on my side of the building, I have people on my top team that I trust, they're highly capable. Um, diverse in the right ways, experientially and demographically, that match our fan base. Uh, and we had a banner year on the business, you know, in spite of a bunch of stuff going on around us. Um, so, no, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. And um, I think we're at the point now where I have immense faith in my leadership team and staff and allow them to run with it, their direction, their vision. And I can really spend a lot of my time thinking about how to better support coach, better support our fans in support of bringing back a Lombardi trophy to DC. It really, that's allowed us to be aligned now that we've fixed what we needed to fix um, and established a solid organization that's respected around the industry. 
Um, last last one yeah, for me, I guess. Yeah. Um, taking your uh, burgundy and uh, gold colored glasses off, yeah. your executive hat off. When you're in that meeting with Eric Bannon as a former running back, what are you hearing that gets you excited that maybe for Brian Robinson, Gibson will get them excited? For me, it's the it's beyond just the, the actually what he said today about being a personal protector and a third down back. I mean, <laughs> so, speaking my speaking my language about how he learned accountability. I mean, I almost I almost uh, church shouted. Um, uh, it was similar in the meeting that I had with him because uh, you can be you can have a very eloquent way of stating your offensive philosophy and the way you think about game planning and your package against cover two shell versus single high and third down packages you could like you can have a really um, great intellectual discussion around that what I really enjoyed about my time with Eric um, was hearing that it was really about ways of working. It was about attention to detail, what he means beneath the surface and what it means by driving accountability, how he engages with guys on a day-to-day, -day, the expectations of film prep and practice intensity and the speed at which they go through drills. Like That's the kind of stuff that um, is lasting. It has a lasting impact on the organization, has a lasting impact not just on the offense, and not just on whatever position group he's most intensely focused on at that moment. It actually it per, it, per, it, it, uh, it pervades the entire organization, and that's what we need. That's exactly what we need. All right. Thanks to everyone for checking out the podcast. Of course, if you're uh, new to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the Standard Room Only podcast on wherever you do your podcasting, and of course, check out work on the athletic. Follow me on Twitter at Ben Standing. Uh, that is it for now. Uh, ben Standing signing off. Until next time. See ya.